Before we hear our scriptures today, let's join together in a prayer of illumination. God of all who doubt and believe, by the gift of your spirit, enable us to hear with our ears, to see with our eyes, and to touch with our hands your word of life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. Amen. Our lesson today comes from the Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 4, beginning at verse 32, hear these words. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one ever claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from that time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's children said, amen. One thing I didn't mention, and you probably already noticed, I am in Albright United Methodist Church in their sanctuary today uh, as as we celebrate uh, the second Sunday of Easter. You've probably heard of families being rescued from burning buildings. You've heard of sailors being rescued at sea, cats being rescued out of trees, and dogs being called rescue dogs when they're pulled out of abusive homes. But have you ever heard of rescue food? It's food that's rescued when it's taken out of grocery stores, restaurants, gas stations, and hospitals. The food hasn't gone bad, but for a variety of reasons, it can't be used. Unless it is rescued, it'll be just thrown in the trash. In Virginia, organizations such as Prince William Food Rescue will rescue food, deliver it to local churches and community centers and senior centers, mobile home parks, and schools. Volunteers are notified of available food through a mobile app on their phone called Food Rescue Hero. They quickly step into action, pick up that food, and deliver it to wherever it's needed. One of the leaders spoke to a a magazine, and they said, we have a great team. Together, we are changing the food insecurity landscape here in Prince William region. They've been successful in reducing food waste and food insecurity, this leader says, because of the tremendous people involved. The program is growing because donor locations, rescues, and downloads of the Food Rescue Hero app are increasing weekly. In just six months, the Prince William Group delivered more than 200,000 pounds of food, which translate into over 100,000 meals. Pretty incredible, huh? That's what happens when you mobilize a group of committed volunteers to rescue food. 
No one person is the hero, but instead success comes through what some would call crowdsourcing. Such efforts go far beyond Prince William County. In at least seven other cities, Food Rescue Hero is making a positive difference by diverting food from trash cans to hungry people. Over the course of five years, more than 12 million pounds of food has been rescued by over 10,000 volunteers. Now, in addition to delivering fresh food, Food Rescue Hero will transport low-income folks to their medical appointments. And according to Fast Company magazine, this Pittsburgh-based nonprofit has become a crowdsourced transport network. They're moving not just food, they're moving people. One of the founders of Food Rescue Hero said technology is important, but it's the power of collective action that will drive massive change. What's true today was true in first century Jerusalem. As we heard in the book of Acts, the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul. No one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. What a great team. Tremendous people. Instead of individual heroism, collective action. With great power, Acts tells us, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and grace was upon them all. As many as owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold to the disciples, laid it at their feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. The result of this action was that there was not a needy person among them. These faithful people had been rescued by Jesus, so they wanted to rescue other people. With great power, the apostles spoke of the resurrection, and great grace was on all of them. In all that they did, they had one heart and one soul. We need to tap into that power if, if we're going to be the church to feed the hungry and assist the poor and give testimony about the resurrected Christ. For far too long, disciples of Jesus Christ have read this passage from Acts and said, you know what? That sounds like socialism. That sounds like communism. We can't do that. But what about collective action leads to crowdsourced Christianity? Such an approach is foundational to our faith and well within our abilities. Pastor Tony Morita writes this. We need Christians focusing on ordinary Christianity. He says this means speaking up for the voiceless, caring for the single mom, restoring the broken, bearing burdens, welcoming the functionally fatherless, and speaking the good news to people on a regular basis in order to do what? To change the world. Pastor Marita is right to say that ordinary Christianity is the most important kind of Christianity. Start with the great commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Reach out to those in need. Feed the hungry. Shelter the homeless. Visit the prisoner. Speak good news to people all around you. This was the ordinary Christianity being practiced by the first followers of Jesus there in Jerusalem. Not as isolated heroes, but as members of a unified community. 
They were crowd-sourced Christians who tackled their challenges through collective action, just as we should be doing today. So how do we do this? Shane Claiborne has written a book called The Irresistible Revolution, Living as an Ordinary Radical. There's that word, ordinary, again. Ordinary Christian, ordinary radical. In the book, he tells the story of two college friends who told him they were going to Philly, Philadelphia, to hang out with their homeless friends. So he teamed up with them, and at first he was afraid that he might get robbed. But in the end, he says, the people in the alleys stole only my heart. One day he heard about a group of 40 homeless families, and they were about to be evicted from an abandoned cathedral in North Philadelphia. He joined a group that went to help them, and they became known as, ready? The Yacht Club, which stood for Youth Against Complacency and Homelessness Today. Their Yacht Club was not about boating, but sometimes boaters would call them. Shane and his friends would explain their work and ask for a donation. Shane saw a need, shelter for homeless families. He responded through this yacht club that they created. It was a crowdsourced Christian effort, collective action. The situation is different in our community, but the first step is always to see the need. In 1997, Shane and a group of friends moved into a small row house in a poor section of Philadelphia. Their vision was to love God, love people, and follow Christ. And they began calling their little experiment the simple way. Since then, they've shared food with folks who who need it. They run a community store out of their home. They have reclaimed abandoned lots. And they've planted community gardens in that concrete jungle. They have rehabbed abandoned homes and made friends with people in prison and on death row. Shane and his friends have seen a vision of another way to live out their faith, the Christian way. Again, it's a form of crowdsourced Christianity, collective work together directed toward changing the world for the better. You don't have to move into the inner city of Philadelphia to meet any kind of need, but you do have to take collective action. You can show up as a group at city council and, and speak in favor of affordable housing. You can volunteer to serve a meal once a month at the homeless shelter or one of the soup kitchens. You could join a group that offers after school tutoring for at risk kids. You could even join a prison ministry and offer Bible studies for the inmates. The work of rescuing takes many forms, but it is always best to do it as a group. The Christians of Jerusalem had been rescued by Jesus, so they wanted, again, to rescue others. They gave their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they shared their resources with such generosity that there was not a needy person among them. And again, they became part of a movement called the way, which took their lives in a brand new direction. Shane Claiborne writes in that book, no wonder the early Christian church was known as the way. It was a way of life that stood in glaring contrast to what was going on in the world. Of 
course, everyone was forewarned that in this kingdom, everything is backward and upside down. The last are first, the first are last, the poor are blessed, the mighty are cast from their thrones. The way, the way of Christ still stands in contrast to our world. Instead of me first, it's us first. Instead of hate your enemy, it's love your enemies. Instead of store up treasures on earth, it's store up treasures in heaven. Pastor Marita says to embrace mercy ministry under the shadow of the cross means to get involved personally. He offers 10 simple ways to get started. Here are some of those. Buy groceries for a struggling single mom. Visit a hospital, pray with the sick and the dying. Maybe spend time with the elderly at a local care center. Volunteer at a homeless shelter. Teach ESL classes for refugees in the community. Sponsor a child. Donate money to aid victims in a disaster. Tutor underprivileged youth. Give restaurant or grocery store gift cards to people living on the street. Or write a letter to a prisoner. Who has God made you aware of that needs mercy? Such individuals are all around us. The writer of Proverbs says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. In this crowdsourced Christianity of first century Jerusalem, believers work together to help those in need. Rather than the church being split into liberals and conservative, Acts tells us the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Possessions were not hoarded, but instead everything, everything they owned was held in common. Rather than the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer, there was not a needy person among them. Because they pulled their resources and distributed aid to each as any had need. We're still part of this movement called The Way. One that takes our lives in a brand new direction. Having been rescued by Jesus and given new life by his resurrection from the dead, we can see a need, we can meet a need, and change the world. And like the Christians of Jerusalem, we do this best when we do it together. We work together. We practice together this thing called The Way. I want you to take out a piece of paper, get a pencil, pen, whatever you're going to write with, and I'm going to ask you to write down these letters, capital letters, capital letters. Ready? F-A-N-A-F-I. Fanafy. You're thinking, what does that mean? Now, under the first F, make it the word find. And then the letter A. The N, write the letter need. The second A is the word and. The second F is the word fill. And the last word is it. Find a need and fill it. 
There are some things that we can do individually, but we do best. We have the largest impact as the disciples of Jesus Christ when we find a need and fill it together. What kind of a group can you get together? Maybe it's not the yacht club as I described before. But being a part of a group that collectively brings all of the resources together to find the need and fill it is living out the resurrection of Jesus Christ in real time. In real time. We may not be like that community in Acts where we hold everything in common, but we do hold one thing in common. Our belief in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, following him to meet the needs of those around us. How will you do that this week? How will you get a group together to do that this week? Amen.